Yeah, I want to go ahead and invite David and Jen and Sloan and Raleen to come up here with me this morning. Um, I'll give you this here. I... I, uh, before we start, I just feel like that I'd be missing an opportunity if I didn't say that uh, watching that Kazakhstan video, I've had the opportunity to go to Kazakhstan a couple of times, and I know many of you have had a chance to get to know Sasha and Jenye. They do that as a way to have birthday cake. Did you see that? And uh, they, they do that as a way to have birthday cake. Did you see that? And uh, they, they do that as a way to have birthday cake. Did you see that? And uh, they, they do that as a way to acknowledge birthday cake. Did you see that? And uh, they, they do that as a way to acknowledge birthday cake. Did you see that? And uh, they, they do that as a way to acknowledge birthday cake. Did you see that? And uh, they, they do that as a way to acknowledge that this is a, a, new birth, a new birth, right? A new spiritual birthday. And so that's a pretty cool tradition. And I also couldn't help but appreciate that in the, the video that they, that they showed where uh, they were, that we got to see them kind of worshiping together, uh, that there was one person clapping off beat. So we're not the only ones. <clears throat> so we're not the only ones. So uh, I guess it happens everywhere. Um, I'm excited about today. We didn't get to do Reflection Sunday last year um, or chose not to do it just because we weren't really together in the same way in 2020. And so it just felt like we needed to do something different, which we did. Uh, last year, but I have been looking forward to today. I'm grateful that David and Jen and Sloan are going to share, and uh, Raleen is sitting up here with Sloan to give her some support uh, as well. And um, the thing that I want to say as we start is uh, that I've been, as I've been thinking about today, one of the, the phrase that's kind of continued to come to my mind is in thinking about our church and thinking about what they'll they'll share. Uh, the idea behind this day when we started it. I don't even know, 2012 or 13, a long time ago, um, was that each of us has a story, right, about how God's working. Um, and I get to hear a lot of those stories, and some of you get to hear some of each other's stories, but it felt really important to me and has continued to feel important to me that we take a day to acknowledge God's faithfulness and goodness in our lives in a, in a way that we were by sharing Part of, our part of some testimonies and some stories about how specific people have seen that. And, uh, and so David and Jen and Sloan are going to talk about that a little bit. But I want, I want to just acknowledge as we start that the phrase that's kind of continued to come to my mind about church is that a church really, if you think about it, is a collection of stories. I mean, we're all individual people, but each of us has a story. And so I love to think about the fact that, that uh, each of us has a story and that really what we are when we gather is a collection of those stories. And that, that the, what those stories do is remind us and remind one another about how God has worked in our lives, how God has worked in the midst of our church, uh, and that together that, that's a really powerful picture. Uh, that it's, it's a book. It's a book of the Bible. The, the, the living Bible that continues to breathe and give life to people is sitting right here. And it happened last year and two years ago and ten years ago. It's going to happen in 2022 again. So... Uh, so what they're going to share is going to be just a glimpse of that. I've gotten to hear and visit with them and, and know a little bit about what they're going to share, but um, I wanted to invite them to share. And so David's going to share first uh, about how God has worked. And then I want you to be thinking in your own life about 
uh, ways that you've seen God work and ways that some of the things that they'll share will remind you of God's faithfulness in your own life. And so I'll turn it over to David and let him share, and then we'll go from there. Good morning, church family. It's good to be here. Uh, first of all, I would like to thank Doug for asking me to uh, be a part of this and share with you guys. Um, and I want to thank all of those who are here and listening online as well. Um, because we all are walking our journey of faith. The last two years have been challenging. Transition can be difficult, especially when it's unexpected. And then we had the pandemic hit and all of our normal changed. Not just for me, but for each of us. But I was in the middle of a job transition, selling a house and moving. Oh, and then the pandemic got worse and churches had to stop meeting in person. So now, this new person in town, me, felt lost and alone due to all of the mask and in-person restrictions. My point is that Satan uses anything and everything to separate us from God. But mostly, and I'm going to stop a second, neither Randy nor Doug knew what I was about to say, but I'm fixing to repeat what they have said. <clears throat> mostly, he causes us to think and feel things in our mind and in our thought processes, which causes us to be worried or depressed or anxious about things that honestly don't make that big a difference. So I want to read a scripture, Hebrews 11, chapter 1, uh, chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we cannot see. The hard part of our journey is that too many times we lose sight and we want evidence because Satan sneaks into our lives. What I didn't say about my transition is that prior to that, I had felt very blessed and I'd felt that I was where God wanted me to be, to be used where I was at serving people. But then everything changed and I didn't have evidence or know why. So think about this, because we get so focused on our life, so I wanna bring up a few points. Moses spent 40 years in the wilderness wandering with the Hebrews. Daniel spent over 50 years serving and being in capacity, a captivity. Joseph spent about 11 years serving Potiphar and two years in prison. And then, back to what Doug said, as we watched the video of Kazakhstan and what they're living through today, I can't imagine wandering 40 years in the wilderness. 
or being in captivity and serving an earthly ruler like Potiphar, or much less like Daniel did for 50 years. So what we must remember is to focus on God's word and to pray daily because his son sacrificed his life for us so that we can have eternal life in heaven. That's easy to sit up here and say. But when we're in the valley, and I'm talking about me, when you're in the valley, it's hard to see that. And it's hard to remember. I want to read Jeremiah 29, verse 11, you're going to know. But then I want to focus on 12 and 13. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. We all are familiar with that part. But the next two verses we leave out sometimes. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me. And find me when you seek me with all your heart. I thought that that stood out to me. And like I said, a lot of times we we remember verse eleven and we think about that. But then the other two verses about coming to God with all of our heart. We must remember God's word or plans for us. So uh, well, my question is now, do you have your church face on? You know, we always arrive at services and, and people say, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. I'm good. Do you have a good week? Yeah, things are good. Been busy, but it's okay. You know, and we're all happy and things are good and we have our church face. But brothers and sisters... Church family, we need to be open and honest. We need to be real with each other so that God can heal our brokenness and so that others see the healing power he has through our lives over sin and over Satan. And so what I want to wrap up with and say is that the huge blessing was that we found this church family and we found men and women, brothers and sisters who have opened their heart, opened, opened their families to us and have invited us in. And Tammy and I are very grateful to be here. So thank you. Before, before you pass that to that way, I want to ask a follow-up question. I'm getting feedback, so I apologize about that on my mic. Um, the tell if you would just give a short you mentioned the valley and the wilderness and I know some of this story I'm going to make you be a little more vulnerable for a second uh, tell, tell if you would just there's a lot more you can catch David after church if you want to hear more of the story him or Tammy and they're new to our church as he said and so some of you may not have had a chance to get to know them but they've been a great blessing already to our church family and I know they'll continue to do that I want to just to give people who may be listening today uh, some perspective, 
say specifically what part of that valley and wilderness was, and then, you know, so that people kind of know is more specifically than just generally, if you would. So um, to answer Doug's question, um, like I say, when you're in transition and you're moving and you don't know people and, uh, <clears throat> you know, and you're really a people-oriented person like we are, uh, you, you want to be able to talk to people. You want to be able to uh, come to them and just, you know, lean on each other. Uh, and here again, new pandemic restrictions, none of that can happen. And uh, like I say, Satan uses things then to get into your mind and maybe you feel rejected or lonely or feel like, well, do they really want us here? Like, why did all this happen? Like, you know, and so you start questioning things. And, and so I went through that period of time where, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And it goes back to the mind, like what Randy was saying and negativity thoughts and stuff. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if you're worried about your dad bod, not you, Doug, um, uh, or if you made the coffee right. So, you know, it just things negativity sneaks in and starts uh, getting in there. And then we lose sight and lose focus because we're down in the uh, deep valley and we forget that every day God's there for us and that there's scripture and that he is right there. And if I stop, take a deep breath. Okay, God, I need you. You got to show me. And, and he talks to all of us differently. Sometimes it's the words in a song that'll get us and we're like, oh, yeah. Or, you know, maybe it's when that cute little kid runs across the front of the stage up here with a donut, uh, you know, and you're like, oh, you know what? What are the blessings we have in our life? You know, like I say, he's going to speak to us differently because we each all hear uh, when we're in the valley, a different thing. So. so I asked Sloan to share uh, for several reasons. One, I know she's got a story. We're a collection of stories, and our kids' stories are part of that. And um, and I, I feel like it's really important to for each of us to remember that, that our kids' stories are a part of the stories that we all share, but also to hear kids' voices in our gatherings uh, when we get together. So I'm excited to hear from Sloan. I know she's worked on putting some thoughts together. So, Sloan. The last couple of years have been a challenge for all of us, including me and lots of other kids. I know there's been a lot of disagreement in the world, but I still see God's kindness in difficult situations. I've watched the people in our church provide money, clothes, food, a warm place to sleep, and medical help to those who need it. In this way, I know that there's still hope and kindness in the world. At first, I saw the pandemic bring fear, sickness, and sadness into the world. But it actually brought my family closer together, and we got to know each other better. We had movie nights, game nights, we cooked together, went on family walks, and even had dance parties. I know God was happy to see all of the quality time we got to spend together. Several months ago, I got COVID, and my mom and I were quarantined by ourselves for two weeks. At first, it wasn't that great because I was always tired and felt pretty bad. But further into our quarantine, I felt better and had a great time with my mom. We did puzzles, baked, painted, and had slumber parties in the living room. 
We got to hang out a lot, and it was actually pretty fun. When I was finally able to see people again, I felt so much joy. I know God wants us to have good friends, and I had really missed mine. So even though there were some rough times, God's kindness was always there no matter what. Thank you. That was beautiful. Um, I think it's a little dangerous to give me a microphone because uh, <clears throat> I get a little uh, talkative, so hopefully I won't ramble too much there. Um, for those of you that don't know me, I'm an elementary music teacher that loves musicals way too much, forgets where I put anything, and can never remember to bring that potluck food that I was supposed to for the church luncheon or small group. Um, and if I did, you probably wouldn't really want to eat it anyway. Um, I'm always up for a good laugh. I love my students like I love my own kids. And there was a point where I didn't feel worthy of God's love and forgiveness. Most of you know I went through a very difficult divorce a few years ago. And because of that, I was consumed with a lot of guilt and shame. The reasons aren't important to this conversation of why we got a divorce, but ultimately I made the very hard decision to leave in order for my kids and myself to have a better life. For those of you in here that were there for me during that time, you will never know how grateful I am for you. I can still see your encouraging text messages, the flowers you sent me, and your faces when you just hold, held me from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. It took a lot longer than I ever imagined to go through the process. It was about three years, and the shame and guilt I felt was very, very deep. So deep that I stopped coming to church when I didn't have my kids because it was just too hard for me to go alone. I want to go to class because in my head, I just couldn't face sitting in the small group that I had once sat with my husband. But then I started skipping even whenever I had the kids because I was just tired and broken. But church, you never stopped checking on me. You didn't really push me, push me but you checked on me. When I finally couldn't take any more of fighting my demons alone. I knew I had to come back and ask for prayers for help. I was completely broken. I was raised in the church and have never, ever gone forward and asked for prayers or anything during worship because I'm usually very, very private. And I was terrified to show up that day because I hadn't been here in so long and I just had it in my head that people were going to be judgmental, asking me where I had been. Because that had been my previous experiences at other churches. But I prayed and I prayed for God to just help me go in. And it wasn't like I thought it would be at all. The very first person I saw in the parking lot saw me and lit up. And they were happy to see me. They hugged me and they told me how glad they were I was there. And this happened over and over. 
No one asked me any questions I didn't want to answer. They were just glad I was here. So then I sat in the back, my usual spot, kind of crying and conflicted if I should really even go forward. I didn't want it to be weird for my kids to see me broken, even though they already knew. And then Macy wrote me a note while we sat there, and in the best words I've ever seen in my life, in her phonetic kid spelling, she had written, I love you no matter what. I tell my kids that I love them all the time, and I had never used that phrase. And I 100% know that God was working in her that day, and I knew that it was my son. And I knew it was my sign that I was in the right place. Then, to make it even more so, the song we sang at the invitation that day was one of my favorites, and it fit exactly what I was feeling. It goes, I know you all know it. The part that says, I come broken to be mended. I come wounded to be healed. I come desperate to be rescued. I come empty to be filled. I come guilty to be pardoned by the blood of Christ the Lamb. And I'm welcomed with open arms, just as I am. Just as I am, I am enough. Broken, wounded, desperate, empty, or guilty. I'm welcomed with open arms, no matter what. And I continued to have some very challenging times where I just felt like nothing in the world could possibly go my way again. And I want that to be clear. Just because I asked for help and I got it, my hardships did not stop just because I put my focus back on God again. At times, things even got a little worse. And I questioned myself a lot. I even got to the point that I was just so tired of the pain that I thought, I want to start over in a brand new place. I felt like maybe if I could just move and leave this area that I would leave away all the hurt and the troubles. So I ran away, kind of, by quitting my job in Forney ISD that I had been at for 11 years and going to Richardson ISD. I also tried to move, but that didn't really work out for me. Well, as it turned out, I really feel like God sat back and just watched me spend those two years in Richardson. And that time, I felt like I got lesson after lesson of how I was worthy of his grace. Great things happened to me while I was there, and I will always be grateful for that experience. But ultimately, it was quite obvious to me that I was meant to be back here. This year, I started back at Forney ISD, surrounded by the friends that love me also, no matter what. And, but I, had, I completely wouldn't have figured it all out or be in the place that I am now without this church family. God absolutely needed, knew that I, more than anything, I needed to be here at this church. Kaufman Church, you are all beautiful examples of God's love, and you shine so, so bright. Thank you so much for loving me and my kids and loving each other and continuing to love those that don't always deserve it. And if you personally ever struggle with your worthiness, I'm here for you, because I get it. And only God knows how my journey will end.
But in the meantime, I am so grateful that he loves me just as I am. And just a reminder for all of you, broken, wounded, desperate, empty, or guilty, you are all welcomed with open arms, no matter what. Will you give the three of them a hand really quickly, please? I, I, uh, I'm always amazed at the willingness uh, that people have to share and to be vulnerable. And, and you know, this is, again, I, there are, there's a list that I have every year of people that I think about asking and I pray about and, you know, as I'm kind of getting ready for today. And some of you were on that list and didn't get an invitation, but I want you to know that your story matters uh, just as much as the ones that have been shared today. And that really the idea is not to share every single person's story, but number one, to kind of to try to create a culture, continue to create a culture here with our church body that uh, where this is normal, you know, and we're, we're aware of and open to how God is working in our lives and willing to share with each other about how God is working in our lives. And that when we do this each year, my, my hope is always that you'll take something from something that someone said, and whether it's a job change and a pandemic and moving to a new town and being in a situation where you, you're cruising along and life is good and you feel blessed and then all of that changes overnight and you are, you know, you're, you're in a different place and you're wandering and you're in a wilderness and you're in a valley or whether you have, like Sloan shared, gone, gone through just the highs and lows of the last couple of years or whether you have a specific story uh, about something that's gone on that's in relation to your life, maybe like Jen's, my hope that maybe something that they said triggers something in your mind uh, to get you to think as well about God's presence in your life, that God has been with you in the midst of that, and uh, that God is good and faithful to us. And so um, I just want to pray for us, and then I'm going to uh, invite Joe to come up and lead us in our next song. And I'm thankful for each of you guys, David and Jen and Sloan, for your, your prep, your preparation and your thoughts and the time you put into to sharing today and getting us thinking about, about God's work in our own lives. So let's pray together. Father, we're thankful this morning uh, that you are, you're good and that your love continues to pour over us. Um, and as Jen has uh, so uh, perfectly reminded us that uh, when we, we come to you, you, you meet us just as we are, and you love us in those places. And, uh, and I pray that today that something that has been shared will stir in each of our hearts, that we'll be able to reflect uh, on our own lives about how you have been at work, uh, both in our lives individually, in our families, in our story, uh, and then also in our church together. We look forward, God, to the year that's ahead and to the things that you will do, the stories that will play out in our lives and the lives of people we know and love. And we pray that our eyes will be open, uh, that we'll look for the ways that you're working, that our ears will be open to hear and to listen to your voice and to uh, the way that you speak to us and to the world around us, and that we'll be uh, courageous as we participate in that work that you're doing in the world. I'm thankful for this church body and the way that you continue to grow and shape and form us so that we look more and more like Jesus each and every year. And we pray all this in 
his name. And the church said together, amen. If y'all would stand with us, Joe, and I'll invite Joe and the worship team to continue to lead us in worship. <laughs> 